0: seattle sports saturdays with curtis rogers and taylor jacobs on 710 espn seattle Woo! Woo! don't blink or you might miss this edition of seattle sports saturday we're with you just for this hour as we get you set for mariners baseball coming your way at noon right here on 710 espn seattle look i told you don't blink we're already three minutes into the hour taylor jacobs with me i'm Curtis Rogers. Taylor, plenty to get to in this hour, including looking at Jared Kelnick. We got the news this morning that he could be out for, uh, you know, not an an insignificant amount of time, but not an amount of time that's going to be debilitating. Uh, And then also there's that Russell Wilson conversation that's not going anywhere for the time being. Uh, Plenty on the docket for this hour of power here.
1: Yeah, for me, Curtis, the the Kelnick news is the one I'm worrying about. Now, worry is a, is a maybe too strong of a word. It's it's more like when you wear your nice new shoes out, and all of a sudden there's a little bit of light rain in the distance, and you see it moving in, and you're like, "Is that going to come here? Will it ruin my shoes?" Most likely not, but it's something to watch for for sure because it just feels like. We're so close as as an organization, as fans, to seeing what this Mariners team looks like in the full, you know, turn that they took. And Kelnick is a big part of that. And boy, oh boy, watching him just sock some of those dingers! Oh man, Curtis, that guy's got socking dings.
0: You talking about?
1: Yeah, I mean, wow, he's got. That real life power that when and you mentioned it, when you when you hear it, oh, you know what's happening to that ball.
0: Yeah, he's got that power source that you're looking for. Uh, Jared Kelnick, yeah, getting that solo home run or actually it was a three run home run earlier this week uh, against the Chicago Cubs. He was removed from yesterday's game, and we now know the reason why, Uh, we'll tell you, coming up here in the Big Three. And, you know, hey, this hour is going to move by fast, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get into this hour's Big Three.
1: Number one. Well, the Russell Wilson v. Seahawks standoff continued this week. No real movement On the Western Front as teams outside of Seattle claiming to be quote-unquote making a run at Russell, including the Chicago Bears. That statement is similar to me saying I'm making a run at joining the Jordan brand. I have about as much to offer as the Chicago Bears do with their first pick being in the second half of that first round and their best player Khalil Mack carrying around that same cap hit. So they basically have nothing to offer. Kind of like me. The one piece of advice, though, we did hear this week that really connected with a lot of Seahawks fans, including myself, including Curtis. He was on the show with Seven Ten Zone, Stacy Rost, who said maybe the Seahawks need a little bit of self doubt and a little bit of humbling to get back to the uh, the meeting room with the three big parties: Russell Wilson, John Schneider, Pete Carroll. Humble themselves, sit down, and get through this. Because really, in the end. It feels like it's just it's not realistic and it won't be something that happens. They need to come to a solution, though, so that all parties are happy. What should the Seahawks and Russell do to make it out of the standoff? We'll dive into that in our next segment. Number Number two.
0: two. The Mariners off and running in the Cactus League. So far, they've been mostly able to avoid the injury bug. That is until yesterday with the biggest name in camp, Jared Kelnick. And the biggest story continues to be Kellnick, and he delivered in a big way against the Cubs. We talked about that home run he hit on, I believe it was Tuesday of this week. Now, unfortunately, yesterday he left the game in the third inning, and an MRI revealed that he has a strained adductor muscle in his knee. Now, the Mariners do expect him back on the field in the near future. Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times said that this could potentially be a a multiple-week injury, so... Multiple weeks missing of spring training time. The regular season starts about four weeks from now, first week of April. So, you know, his status for the Major League roster, a little bit up in the air. But there was some other news, some big news in Major League Baseball this week. We also learned that the minor league season will be delayed by a full month. So that might throw a wrench into the plans they have for Kelnick. Some other standout performers this week, Taylor Trammell, Mitch Haniger and Ty France on the mound. James Paxton, he pitched a three-inning simulated game and reportedly looked sharp. He could potentially make his 2021 spring debut on Monday. And immediately following us today, the Mariners will take on the Oakland A's. Justin Dunn getting the start on the mound. First pitch at 1210. Noon pregame show right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Number three. Well, the end of the Pac-12 men's basketball season is quickly approaching as the Pac-12 tournament kicks off this week. The Cougs will be taking on the yet-to-be-determined number 8 seed on March 10th, assuming that game will tip off around 1 p.m., with the Dogs taking on the soon-to-be-determined 7 seed after the Cougs on that March 10th date. So both those Washington teams tipping off then. Both teams looking to end their season with a little bit of positive momentum head into the offseason with that thought of where this, these programs are are headed. UW, again, going to have a big, big decision to make about their head coach and whether or not they should move on. If that's cost effective to move on, you know what they can do to really bring life back to this program and for the Cougs. They're looking to take that another step forward. Nerd Ball seems to be working over there, and they found a little bit of rhythm. They've taken steps forward in the past two seasons. Can they get to a mid-level, like mid-tier team in the Pac-12 and maybe continue moving forward? Lots still up in the air for those two teams. But one thing that is... Um, Still, sort of up in the air, and something to keep an eye on. The Wazoo Women's team have now been projected to make the Women's Big Dance as a number ten seed in the Alamo Region. So great to see Cougar Women's basketball getting a little bit of love from bracketology, and hopefully they're uh, they got their dancing shoes packed because they might be uh, they might be going uh, dancing.
0: That is this hour's big three. Yeah, the Lady Cougs at one point this season were ranked in the top twenty-five, which I believe was a first in program history. So a lot of things going right over on the Palouse uh, with the basketball programs, Kyle Smith, obviously having to dig the men's program out of that massive hole that Ernie Kent left them in. And I think he's doing a really good job of that. Uh, Now can the Huskies dig themselves out of the hole that Mike Hopkins has, has put them in. And uh, you know, this time of year is always better when the basketball teams are playing well, because, It's a pretty dry spell in terms of actual games being played in the Northwest. Uh, Hopefully the basketball teams can get back to at least respectability here over the next year or two, and if not, maybe Mike Hopkins is uh, on the job search. Uh, Some honorable mentions, Seattle Storm unveiling a brand-new logo set this week for the first time uh, since their inaugural season, so the first time really in franchise history that they've changed things up. I like it it's it 's a crisp look they have they 've tightened it up, not so cartoony anymore. I like the look, Taylor. What do you make of it
1: I love it it 's got the the hints of the Sonics and their old vintage logo with the the Dome and the basketball and the lightning bolt so they keep that storm. They upgraded the colors just a little bit, um, adding that sort of electric green again um, to the green and yellow color scheme that they had so I agree with you, Curtis. I think this was a great move. Not too cartoony, really crisp, clean, something that they can have for 10, 15 years and be proud of and not be looking down the line and being like, ah, we look like the Denver Broncos in the 80s. Yikes.
0: (laughs) Yikers. Some other honorable mentions, the Sounders bringing back a very familiar face. One of their original star players, Freddie Montero, a name that has been, I don't know, necessarily forgotten about in the Seattle sports landscape over the decade that he's been away, but certainly the first superstar player that the Sounders have ever had. He's back with the team.
1: Yeah, first uh, first person to score a goal for the professional MLS Sounders, Freddie Montero, roll on Columbia, roll on. We know why they were sing that song for him. And, uh, Look, he's got a great history here. Uh, it'll be great to see him back in the Sounders uniform. They're going to need all the goals they can get The defensively. It looks like this year it's, they're going to take a little bit of a step back. So adding a little bit of goals, adding a little bit of depth, great move for the Sounders, cheap, very uh, inexpensive, low risk, high reward type situation. And his whole family still loves Seattle. He goes to church here in Seattle. He owns a a coffee shop here in Seattle. Uh, He just has been here and his roots are here. So it's great to see him back in the the city of Seattle because he's been in the Northwest for a minute.
0: Yeah, he uh, he's playing, he most recently played for Vancouver, so yeah, he's definitely Cops, been yeah. within the uh, yeah w- within earshot of of the Sounders Nation there, and then also some news that I think may have slipped under the radar this week. Kevin Garnett uh, was a part of a group that was looking to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves from their current owner Glenn Taylor, and that fell through. And Kevin Garnett in an Instagram post. Mentioned the city of Seattle as a potential uh, place where he could put his financial backing towards. Obviously the NBA over the last couple months has sort of resurrected expansion talks. Maybe there's a relocation opportunity out there. I, Speaking as an NBA fan myself and, and just speaking as somebody that would love to see the Sonics back, I would love to see Kevin Garnett involved in some way. I mean, yeah, he torched the Sonics for so many years with Minnesota, but uh, to have somebody as entrenched in the NBA as he is, wouldn't be mad at it.
1: That passion, the the dedication to the game of basketball, uh, that's something you want. And to have that, to have that spark from Kevin Garnett to the potential new Sonics franchise to help them get there. A lot of the current generation of basketball players grew up idolizing him. Big ticket, you know, he was the player that they watched with Kobe and Tim Duncan, that whole entire generation of guys there. So uh, there there is no downside to having Kevin Garnett associating himself with Seattle and a potential Sonics franchise here in Seattle.
0: That is uh, this hour's Big Three. Coming up in this quick hour of Seattle Sports Saturday, has the Mariners' decision on Jared Kelnick already been made for them? We got the news this week that there was going to be a delay in the minor league season, but then also he gets the news that he has a strained adductor muscle in his knee. So could this decision already be made for the Mariners? But up next, obviously Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, still the topic on everybody's minds. Can cooler heads prevail between Russ and the Seahawks, and will cooler heads prevail? We'll answer those two questions next on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle Busyard Seltzer text line it's there for you 710 710 this is Seattle Sports Saturday with you for just about 45 minutes or so we'll get you set for Mariner's pregame coming up at the noon time slot there so plenty to get to especially with Jared Kelnick's injury we'll talk about that in about Oh, 10 to 15 minutes from now. But obviously the topic is still at hand here in Seattle, and it's it's not going away until it gets resolved, is Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, the standoff that they've had now for about three weeks, at least since the Super Bowl ended. Uh, it's been a tale of, of he said, she said, everything uh, that you want to know about the relationship has been discussed at length. But we're at the point now where we're looking for either a resolution or for something to happen on the trade front because you can talk about it all you want but the Seahawks I feel like cannot enter into the 2021 season without having had sort of that come to Jesus moment with Russell Wilson and his you know his agent Mark Rogers as well but Taylor when you look at what these two have accomplished over the last decade and and what they can still accomplish together. Can cooler heads prevail after so much of the, not necessarily dirty laundry has been aired, but a lot of the toothpaste can't get put back in the tube now.
1: Yeah, no, it can't. But Curtis, you can keep brushing your teeth. You got to clean up the mess, but you got to keep brushing your teeth too. They got to keep Russell here And, and that's how they'll keep winning. Yes, there's a bit of a mess in the sink right now and it's going to take a minute to clean up and it, and it might be dirty and disgusting for a little bit on some of the things that are going to happen. But that's, that's what it's going to take to keep Russell here. And, and I do think cool head, cooler heads can prevail. I do think these two sides can come to an agreement. And I think that if they do. I think you're going to see this team potentially take that step to 13 wins and and truly get better because, again, if you look back at this team in a vacuum, no changes. They won 12 games. So to improve even slightly to get you to that 13, most likely in the hunt or controlling your destiny for the number one seed, home field advantage, 12s back at Lumen Field, like – it just, again, is setting up that there's a lot of potential to do great here. Now, look, they could still trade him. They could still move on from him. We've heard that the Bears are making a run at him really tough. I, I Again, I don't know what that means. Curtis, that's kind of like me saying I'm making a run at Beyonce. I got no shot. I got zero absolute possibility <laughs> of that happening. I got nothing to offer. It's just it's not gonna happen. I can say it. I can put it out there in the media. I can tweet it. I can have uh, you know all these NBC Northwest people retweeting it. Doesn't matter. Um, so I, I think what it comes down to is getting those three people in a room. They gotta sit down together. They gotta meet and they gotta talk this out. And Stacy Ross again talking about it. It's going to be a humbling process for all three of them. Uh, they've never had to go through this in their tenure together. And someone, if not all of them, will be humbled by this process and what they've learned. Look, Russell went to the public. He learned that the, the fans can turn on you quickly. The Seahawks saw their star quarterback go to the public the first time. They saw the the pressure being put on them to move him or to, to make a a statement. So... There's still some things that they need to get through, but to me, the first thing for cooler heads to prevail starts with the three the three big ones getting together, sitting down and, and talking it out.
0: Absolutely. And that's where this starts, and hopefully that's where this ends is with those three because you look at what they have built over the bet over the last decade here, and in John and Pete's case it's eleven years. In Russell's case it's nine years. I mean, who wouldn't want to continually win at that clip? I think both sides would be foolish to move on from each other. But, like you said, if we do see a breakup between Russ, Pete, and John, we're going to learn very quickly who is in the right and who is in the wrong in this because one one side of it is going to win is going to continue to win. The other side of it is going to see their production drop off, whether it be the Seahawks and their the amount of wins that they have during a season or Russell Wilson whatever team he eventually does play for. Let's for this example, let's say he does go to the Bears. The Bears roster top to bottom, you line it up with the Seahawks, it is no contest. The Seahawks have a way better roster than the Bears do. The Bears barely snuck into the playoffs last year and they had what was it like a five or six game losing streak in the middle of the season. And I get that that was with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles at quarterback, who are decidedly not Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson with the Bears roster, I mean, I, I love Russ. I think he is an incredible quarterback. He can only take a roster like the Bears so far. I mean, we saw what it, was, what it was like here in 2016, 2017, that era where they didn't have much of a running game. You know, the Seahawks were winning 9, 10 games. It wasn't pretty. I would... Russell Wilson would be foolish to go to the Bears and think that he can win at the same clip that he does here in Seattle. But conversely, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, I think, would be foolish to move on from Russell Wilson at this point in his career. He's only 32 right now. He's going to be 33. And as we've seen over the last you know 20 years, quarterbacks are playing longer and longer and longer uh, and that's even with Russell Wilson taking as many hits as he does. It, it is, as, as Stacy said this week, it is the easiest decision you can make. Should we have a franchise quarterback? Yes, you absolutely should. Every single time. I just don't know if cooler heads will prevail. Because the, the prompt we had was, can cooler heads prevail? Yes. Will they remains to be seen. And based off of the posturing over the last couple of weeks... I'm not as confident they they will prevail, but I think they still can. Curtis, I, I feel still feel confident.
1: I don't know what it is, but it just feels like this is just, unfortunately, business as usual for star quarterbacks or star players in the NFL. And this is what they have to do. We saw a similar situation with Tom Brady and the Patriots, right? And even before this past year when he did leave, there was talk about him leaving. There was talk about trades, all of this stuff, the, the, the disconnect between Belichick and Brady. We heard articles about it for, for years almost, Curtis, a couple of years, almost as long as the show's been on, on air. We've heard that Tom Brady wanted out of New England. And again, he, it just took him getting to free agency to truly get out of that situation And it wasn't like they weren't still trying, wasn't like they weren't still winning, wasn't like they weren't still making the playoffs and making AFC championships and handing Patrick Mahomes L's when they were facing him. You know what I mean? Like they still had some of those things going for them. And now look at them. Now look at the situation. Tom Brady went on to the Buccaneers, a roster that was ready to receive him. He got to leave and go and do it, and they didn't get anything in return. So to me, I think that the cooler heads will still prevail in the end because it's too hard for them not to.
0: Busyard Seltzer, text line 710-710. It's there for you if you want to chime in. A couple of texts coming in. Let's see, from the 360, they say Russell Wilson is over his skis and now has to fix it. Pride is a hard thing to bury. Absolutely, it is, especially mm-hmm. when you have accomplished as much as him in the NFL, and you know you've put in a decade at, at your, you know, at, on the same team. You feel like you should have a much bigger say than what he does. Conversely, though, pride is a much harder thing for Pete Carroll and John Schneider to bury because they've won at an incredible clip too, and they've built. Uh, one of the model franchises in the NFL. We heard we heard this week from Paul Moyer. I think Warren Sharp was on with Jake and Stacy as well this week, uh, talking about how Russ should be selling this organization on players that want to come here in free agency. Like, hey, this team can still win at a high clip if I'm here. You you want you want to come here and win? And if he's not doing that, then it's going to be very tough sledding for the Seahawks in free agency.
1: Yeah, and look. Pulp fiction, there's a great line from Marcellus Wallace talking about you know, the clean version is forget pride. You you might feel that that tingling sensation in the back of your mind telling you about this. Forget pride. And that's my advice. That's my Stacy Ross advice of the week to the Seahawks. Forget pride. Get it out of there. But every everything that you've done to this point is in conjuncture together and you accomplished it together. And to do that going forward, I think they need to be together. I think they will be the most successful. Both Pete and Russell and John, the three of them, are the most successful when they are together working on the same page. So in order for this organization to get there, that's where those three guys need to be.
0: Coming up in about 15 to 20 minutes from now, uh, we'll be getting you set for the Mariners game. We'll also need your shout-outs as we wrap up this abbreviated edition of Seattle Sports Saturday. But before we do that, though, has the Mariners' decision on Jared Kilnick already been made for them one way or the other? We get into that next year on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. About a half hour away from Mariner Baseball right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. Taylor, this week we got the news that the minor league baseball season was getting delayed a month, which means alternate training sites, they're back. And they're back for at least the first month of the season. Can't wait. Cannot wait for (laughs) some alternate training site action. uh, which. I think at the time of the announcement, it, was a fore, it wasn't necessarily a foregone conclusion, but I think a lot of people had made up their minds already that Jared Kelnick was going to break camp on the Major League roster. I think that's what at least a lot of people were hoping for because Kelnick, in his postgame comments following that Cubs game earlier in the week, uh, he said he didn't want to go back to the alternate training site. He wanted to get dealt a different set of cards. Well, unfortunately, he got another set of cards yesterday against the White Sox, and it was not a good hand as well as, you know, he he strained that adductor muscle in his knee, which means he could be out for a couple of weeks. So we've seen a lot here over the last couple of weeks with Kelnick and the Mariners, the back and forth that they've been on. We've heard Jerry Depoto time and time again kind of say, you know, we're not going to press the fast forward button on anybody in our system no matter how good they are you know he kind of doubled down again this week with daniel Gallant earlier in the week so taylor has the hard decision on what to do with jared kelnick already been made based off of the injury that he sustained yesterday and not so much of the alternate training site
1: gosh yeah curtis it, it just feels like it, you're right that it is sort of set there, even though that's not the way, you know, I think Mariners fans wanted it to go down. I think they wanted to see him healthy competing for that spot. And um, I mean, so far it's been a great sort of back and forth competition there to see if Jared can really step up. And it just feels like with these health setbacks, again, you, you have to be so unfortunately delicate with some of these players at this stage. and, you know rushing them up and having them lose confidence in their swing or in some part of their game we've seen it here in Seattle before and it's not great and it ends up you know damaging their career so i'm it it really pains me to, whatever is about to come out of my mouth next i just want to preface and say it's going to pain me to say this but i think he has to start not on the major league roster, healing, working in that minor league level, delayed albeit to try and get back to the majors, get healthy, don't rush. This has nothing to do with control. Uh, if he was healthy, I would want him to be competing and, and control out the window. Who cares? But now with this situation, it feels like you got to hold him back. What do you think, Curtis? It has, the, has the writing already been written on the wall?
0: I I think so. I think this injury couldn't have come at a worse time for Jared Kelnick. And now I'm not I don't expect him to miss more than maybe a couple of weeks, but that's a couple of weeks worth of fewer at bats that he can get. And in the what, seven or eight played appearances plate appearances he's already had in spring, he hasn't exactly shown an ability to work a count right now. And maybe it's because it's you know, he's amped up to get out there, first pitch swinging. And, hey, he turned one of those first pitches he saw into a home run against the Cubs the other day. But I think the Mariners would love to see him get into, you know, a couple of two-ball, three-ball counts. He's, he has had one walk in the spring so far, but that's the only time I think he has seen even a ball thrown to him this, this spring. He struck out one time on three pitches. So, I, I mean – from a plate approach standpoint there is plenty to be desired out of Kelnick still now the results of those first pitch swings have been pretty good he got on base yesterday with the error by Tim Anderson uh and then you know he had to leave the game in the third inning but i think there's plenty to be desired on that front but talent wise i don't think there's a player on the Mariners 40 man roster their minor league roster their 25 man roster that is as talented as him, and if this team is going to surprise this season, they're going to need a big lift from him at some point in this season. Now, with the alternate training site being what it is, and how much you know Kelnick has pouted about that, I mean, he can pout all he wants, but I think this injury kind of forces him to have to go that route at this point because of the lack of that bats he'll have over the next couple of weeks as he rehabs this injury. It's not going to be a debilitating one. I can't imagine he, you know, misses a full month or or a couple months of this season, but it does kind of feel like the decision has been made on Kelnick's immediate future with the Mariners. Now, it almost looked like it was going to be made in the opposite direction earlier this week because of the alternate training site being a possibility with the first season the first month of the season getting delayed of the minor league season. Had this injury not occurred, Taylor, do you think Kelnick would have been a, a viable candidate for the major league roster for the 25 or 26 man roster uh, come opening day?
1: I think that's 100% certainty that he would have been in that competition. And look, Curtis, if he continued to play the way he did, the ball screams off that dude's bat. He has a presence when he's at the plate that we haven't seen here offensively probably since like Nelson Cruz first arrived here in Seattle. Just with the amount of power and presence there to, to really go and hit the ball out of the park anywhere. I mean, he went oppo taco, right? Didn't he hit that oppo uh, this past week there, oh, Curtis? Oppo taco. Right. So with Absolutely. all the fixes. <laughs> so it, to me, he was <laughs> playing at the level that would have got him on this roster. and ha- And especially with the alternate training site, delaying the month, just let's get him up there. Let's get some of those val- valuable at-bats. Let's let him see some of these pitchers, some of this MLB speed and movement the, that the pitchers have. Because I think w- most Mariner fans and people following this team would be confident that he would be raking at the AAA level, and he would have big-time numbers there at the level. So I think all that's left is to see some real Game action and some real regular season, you know, live balls and what that looks like. And and you're right. He needs to work those counts a little bit more. He still does have some stuff to learn. But boy, oh, boy, if he wants to hit that first pitch out of the park every single time, Curtis, I, I've, I'm willing to uh, re- relinquish my count <laughs> pitching uh, takes as well and say, you know what? Just swing first pitch. Go for it, buddy.
0: Yeah, well, and this might be an incredible opportunity for another guy, another young prospect player on the Mariners roster that can showcase here is Taylor Trammell, who has had a really good start to the spring, uh, competing for that left field spot. Jake Fraley kind of assumed to be the starter if if Kelnick wasn't going to make the major league roster. But Trammell has played very well to start, and he is getting up there in terms of of prospect age. I believe he's 23 right now. Uh, So, you know, he's knocking on the door of the big leagues. Let's say Trammell has a great spring here, and, and, you know, they don't want to, you know, I I would imagine he's on a different timeline than Jared Kelnick is because. I don't necessarily they I don't necessarily think they're banking on Tremel becoming a super duper star level player. I think they're banking on him becoming a good player, a contributor uh, down the road. But let's say he continues this pace throughout the Cactus League. Do you think Tremel then becomes your your everyday left fielder to start the year with the Mariners coming out of spring training? Uh, I, uh, yes,
1: I think the answer has to be yes. Right, if he plays this way and he earns it he He deserves it, and I think that's one of the great things about this mariners' organization right now is if you look at it they're now they have multiple people competing for some spots, and they have some multiple sort of levels of talent competing for these spots so and that shows you how deep the organization actually is right if you have if it was the sure thing and there was no competition, you would only be so thin, right. it's showing you how deep Mm -hmm. this Mariners organization has become. So also his name is Taylor. So I got to stick up for the Taylor sidebar Taylor gang, you know, we're here, we're out here, but uh, in a more (laughs) serious note, he's playing at a way that you want your young players to be playing. And that it's forcing you to make decisions like this. And it's forcing you to think this way and to think, Maybe we have to start him there and left because he's giving us no other reason to take him out of that spot. And you, as, an, as a fan of the team, you got to love hearing that because it tells you that these guys – this is where the Seahawks were when they were first starting, right? That compete every day, right? That's where you want to be. You want to have all these guys competing for their spot on this roster every day and pushing the Mariners organization forward in that
0: process. Coming up next, your shout-outs and ours, and we'll also get you set for the Mariners as they take on the A's today in a seven-inning Cactus Leaguer. Text in your shout-outs to the Busy Heart Seltzer text line. We'll read those on the air as we wrap things up. One segment to go here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Text in your shout-outs to the Busy Heart Seltzer text line. That's how we wrap up every single Seattle sports Saturday right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Mariners baseball coming your way in about 13 minutes from now, right at noon. Uh, It'll be the Mariners taking on the Oakland A's in some Cactus League action. Taylor, today's starting pitcher, Justin Dunn, somebody who, you know, last year showed some promise at the major league level, but I think this is a big off season for him. You look at the expectations the Mariners have for their rotation. I think this is a big year for Dunn to really show that he is going to be somebody that they can bank on, you know, in the middle to the back end of the rotation going forward.
1: hundred percent. And if you look physically, he's been putting in the work and you know, if, uh, when asked, I believe Scott service and, um, Jerry Depoto both talked about his transformation this offseason season and what his body looks like. He changed up his re- eating regimen. I know he's still copping the same amount of sneakers, so that's great to see. To keep that healthy level of <laughs> sneaker in, ins coming in. Um, so look, I, I I'm really excited to see Justin Dunn JD on the mound. He again. Showed the that potential you wanted to see last season, and, and again making all the right steps in this off season, and looks again to be taking another step in the right direction this this coming regular season. So, to me, you love seeing guys like Jerry, uh, Justin Dunn, out there getting it done and, and really uh, and proving that they can be part of this organization for years to come. Little rhyme there too, Curtis.
0: Absolutely. I- yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Justin Dunn this season. I think he he's a he's a very likable guy. Uh if you've ever had a conversation with him, uh he's a great talker, just very personable. Um you look at the lineup that he's gonna be facing today for the Oakland A's, it is not going to be the opening day lineup for Oakland, that is for sure. Uh as you know, no Matt Chapman, no Matt Olson, no Elvis Andrews. Uh, None of the regular guys that you're used to seeing, Uh, you know, there is Tony Kemp and Chad Pinder in that lineup, but it is very much a minor league heavy lineup today. So hopefully Dunn can take advantage of that and and put together a strong outing today. Obviously, uh, only a seven inning game. I can't imagine Dunn's going to be throwing too, too much out there in today's action. But uh, we're looking forward to that one. That one uh, is about 10 minutes from now here on 710 ESPN Seattle. But as we do each and every week here on Seattle Sports Saturday, we give you our shout-outs. Uh, we read your shout-outs on the Vizzy Hard Seltzer text line. Uh, make sure you're texting those into to 710-710. But, Taylor, who are you shouting out here on this fine Saturday morning?
1: Yeah, first I want to give a shout out uh, to our coworker Stacy Ross, who had an amazing, passionate rant. I don't even want to call it a rant; I, it's a, a dissertation about her feelings about, you know, being covering the Seahawks team, being in the locker room, seeing this sort of standoff between Russell and the Seahawks. So if you haven't learned it, heard it, go back to the podcast page on 710 dot com. Click that podcast page, or there should be an article there. About Stacy's um, uh, dissertation, and I highly encourage you to listen to it. It's about the passion and uh, the, the the all the things that makes Seahawks fans great and people who cover this team great. Stacy brought that in in a good like five minute span. So go do yourself a favor, listen to that. And then for me, Curtis, uh, my other two shout shout-outs here: uh, KUOW, another radio station, but I think it's appropriate to, to promote this time fantastic article about Garfield High School. Uh, they had a guy named Wendell Hicks. He used to walk the halls. Uh, 69 years old. Garfield Rick, 2 Brick Rick. Uh, he's really prominently known here in the Central District where my wife and I live now. Uh, we're in the, the Garfield School District. He passed away last week, age of 69, due to pneumonia. He battled COVID last year as well. And so for people in, in the Garfield community and and at Bellevue, at Bellevue, we had a guy named Gary Hartness, and he was the one of the life forces of Bellevue High. There's a, a Gary Hop. There's a dance in his honor. Uh, he technically is the only Bellevue graduate to have a letter in every sport, which he was honorarily given uh, at Bellevue High in an assembly. So people like Gary Hartness and um, Wendell Hicks, the people who stay around at these high schools and become Influential members and and help these young kids become adults and they have such an impact on their communities Uh, a big big tip of the hat to all of those to all those people like to brick Rick and Gary at Bellevue High School because um, I know I will always cherish the memories I have with Gary. I know all those kids at Garfield are are cherishing these memories with Rick, too. And, um, you know, life is so precious, and you never know. Some of these kids never got to see him back at school again. So if you haven't seen that article, K-U-O-W, Two Brick Rick, search it. It's a good read. Make sure you have some tissues because it's an emotional read.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that is an incredible shout-out there from our guy Taylor. Uh, Taylor, my shout-out this week it goes to us and i'm going to tell you Ooh. why it's first week of march which means that we have been hosting seattle sports saturday for two whole years now wow uh, year anniversary so right. of, of this show i know we we have uh we've gone through a lot over the last two years <laughs> uh you know whether it be the pandemic you know some lineup changes uh life events you know I got married, so, I mean, yep. that that's huge as well. Um, I just want to shout out us first off, but then also the people that have been with us, uh, you know, whether it be in our original time slot, 9 to noon. Uh, we were 10 to noon. Now we're 11 to 1. Uh, I just want to shout out you guys for sticking with us no matter where we are on the dial. Um, it has been a lot of fun to have this outlet every single Saturday morning with you guys. Uh, you know, just being able to to talk with your friends uh, about sports every single Saturday, uh, especially Seattle sports, and there's been plenty to talk about over the last couple of years. Uh, we can't thank you guys enough for, for being with us for the last two years. Uh, Taylor, I can't thank you enough for... Uh, you know challenging me as a host and, and you know just bouncing ideas off of each other and how we can make this show uh the very best that it can be so uh yeah 2 years of Seattle Sports Saturday super pumped about it crazy that.
1: yeah thanks to all the listeners and the texters good and bad look we love going back and forth look it, it, we're, it's a game it's all about the game and we're all having fun talking about it following it this isn't super serious things that, you know, it's all about the fun and we love having fun with you guys on Saturdays, listening, texting, podcasting, tweeting. So the past 2 years have been a blast. I think this is the longest sports show I've ever been on, the longest radio show I've ever been on. Um so I'm thankful to have you. Again, to Lydia, we love Lydia too. So I'm thankful for for yeah. for everyone. And Matt Nelson, of course, on the on on the ones and twos, Matt Nelson, oh. my comic book brother. So
0: whether he likes it or not, Matt Nelson is our most dedicated listener uh, to Seattle Sports yeah, Saturday is. for the last two years. That's uh, I don't know if that's a, a banner he's going to wave or not, but shout-out to Matt Nelson for always uh, holding it down on the ones and twos each and every Saturday for us. Uh, Mariners, they take on the Oakland A's here in about five minutes, or at least that's when we're going to uh, hand it over to the Mariners. Justin Dunn on the mound uh, if you missed it earlier this morning, Jared Kelnick getting the news uh, that he will miss, uh, you know, a short amount of time or at least a couple of weeks with a strained adductor muscle in his knee. Uh, he experienced that yesterday against the Chicago White Sox. So hopefully uh, we'll get more updates on that situation during the Mariners broadcast today. Uh, but that is going to do it for us here on this Seattle Sports Saturday. Year two in the books. Who knows what year three's got in store for this show. So that is going to do it for us today. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. If you missed any part of Seattle Sports Saturday today, make sure you're downloading the podcast at 710sports.com. Click on Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can find us right there. Mariners and A's coming your way right here on 710 ESPN, Seattle Justin Dunn. On the mound, that's going to do it for us here on 710 ESPN Seattle.